It's Scott Walker and another episode of You Can't Recall Courage, our podcast. Thanks so much for joining us. I'm uh, headed up this Friday to Green Bay, Wisconsin for CPAC. We're going to be talking about America versus socialism. And, and no better way to explain that than what we saw this week with the pick of uh, Senator Harris uh, by former Vice President Joe Biden. I mean, it's pretty remarkable. Actually, think about it context here. So Joe Biden did what historically has not been the case. Uh, Normally, uh, people running for president run towards their base in the primaries and then run to the middle, or at least seemingly to the middle in the general election to where the undecided or persuadable voters at, knowing they shored their base up in the primary process. Uh, Joe Biden did exactly the opposite. Uh, And part of it's just because that's the choice Joe had. I mean, the guy, more than anything, believes in wanting to be president. He ran uh, in the 88 race, dropping out in 87 after really being disgraced by blatant examples of plagiarism uh, and uh, really flat out lying about his record in law school and a whole series of things. The sort of thing that would make people embarrassed enough to just leave politics altogether. But instead, now he stuck around, uh, was involved in a series of things, runs in 2008 again, fails miserably, but somehow gets on the ticket uh, with Barack Obama, and the two of them obviously are elected. Uh, Skips running in uh, 2016 to defer to Hillary Clinton, and now is running again pretty much his last chance, 77 years old, last hurrah, last opportunity to run for president. And with this gigantic field overwhelmingly filled uh, with people on the hard, hard left, the so-called progressive wing of the party, really the radical ring of the party fighting over the same lane, Biden uh, makes an appeal to the middle, uh, particularly going into Super Tuesday, makes a a seemingly compelling case to voters that uh, he's the more mainstream but reliable pick, having been with Barack Obama, Uh, that he's the, the more mainstream pick, and basically makes the uh, veiled or not so veiled argument that Bernie Sanders is not only going to lose to Trump because of his wild-eyed socialist views, but that ultimately the uh, it could cost Democrats uh, elections up and down the ballot. And I don't think he was off on that. Uh, many of us were arguing before that when many, many people thought Bernie Sanders still might be the nominee, that that would be devastating uh, not just to Bernie Sanders, but to the Democrats, uh, as it would scare uh, more reasonable, uh, even Democrats, let alone independent swing voters. So Joe Biden wins. Uh, part of it is he not only makes that appeal, but he offsets that uh, by making a heavy, heavy play towards African-American voters that dominate Democrat primaries in states like uh, South Carolina, and then subsequently in some of the other southern states that appear on Super Tuesday and the following uh, Big Blast the following Tuesday, really a large percentage of the overall votes cast in Democrat primaries in those states. Uh, So he makes a series of targeted, very calculated appeals to say he's uh, going to put a woman on the ticket. Uh, Then he follows up with kind of employing it to be a woman of color makes a huge appeal that clearly uh, was very attractive to many of the primary voters out there. 
So there's no way. We went through this process. I said months and months and months ago. I called it, said it on air, said it elsewhere that I thought Senator Harris would be uh, the ultimate uh, pick to be his running mate. I thought it was a safe pick, someone who clearly fits the bill in terms of the, the far left of the Democrat Party today. Remember, Senator Harris, according to Newsweek, so this isn't just RNC uh, research, Newsweek uh, this week pointed out that, according to their calculations, Senator Harris is actually to the left, further liberal, more liberal, uh, than Bernie Sanders. So <laughs> she is to the left of an avowed socialist, not just someone we say figuratively is a socialist, literally a guy who, who says he is a socialist. Uh, Senator Harris is to the left. And in 2019, there was no more liberal senator, including uh, Senator Warren, Elizabeth Warren. So I've always felt the base would, would love her because she's hardcore uh, radical leftist. Uh, at the same time, I think we're seeing this the last few days, uh, personally has a, a great appeal. Wasn't able to break through because there were just way too many left-wingers uh, all running for president at the same time. But personally, I, I've always thought it was a good pick uh, on the personal side of things for Joe Biden because if he was going to pick a woman, if he's going to pick an African-American woman, um, at least pick someone who's appealing, who's got personality, seems to be pleasant, uh, seems to be uh, someone that voters could at least relate to on a personal level. It's the challenge for the Trump-Pence campaign is going to get to be get beyond that and, and look at just how radical uh, this position is. I mean, my goodness, uh, the day after uh, they had their joint appearance together, Joe Biden puts out a tweet that has a picture, an image of of his running mate and says, oh, I picked her because she's ready on day one. And part of the just, uh, justification of that was that she she's from the largest state in the nation. He then went on to say it. She's uh, in the Senate, part of the two most important committees in his viewpoint, the Intelligence and Judiciary Committee, a very inside Washington, you know, part of the swamp kind of thing, and that she ran this big legal department in California as well as Attorney General. Well, my goodness, look at California. I mean, this is a state, you want an example, what we're talking about America versus socialism, which is what I'm talking about today at CPAC. California is it. I mean, for decades now, you know, long after uh, Ronald Reagan uh, was, uh, was governor of that great state, uh, like Pete Wilson really was the, the last true conservative. Arnold Schwarzenegger was a Republican, but really kind of got, after initially... Uh, not getting some of the things he pushed for really kind of backed away uh, from a uh, common sense conservative agenda. So it's been it's been really quite some time uh, since any of that happened uh, or any of that's been happening in that state. So it's been dominant. When Jerry Brown seems to be a reasonable alternative to what was happening in Sacramento, well, you know things have really gotten <laughs> really gotten quite weird. And so you've got California, a state where the median household or the median house of the median home price is over six hundred fifty thousand. That's double. That's twice as much as the median is nationwide. Where you've got uh, taxes are some of the highest in the nation. In fact, the largest sales tax in the entire country, uh, largest top income tax bracket in the country. Where you've got obsessive, aggressive, over-the-top regulations. 
uh, where you've got a quarter, even though they're they're far less uh, total percentage of the nation's population in total, 25%, 25% of all the homeless people in the entire country live in that one state, California. They got a pension system that's barely two thirds covered. I mean, there are just all sorts of horrible, horrible things uh, happening in the state of California. And somehow Joe Biden thinks it's a big deal that, that she's from California just because it's a big state. I mean, that's part of the kind of this whole weird mindset of the coastal elites. You know, this ticket is filled with that. Two coastal elites. You've got someone from the East Coast and the West Coast or the East Coast and the Left Coast, as many of us like to say, versus, you know, President Trump, a guy who, no matter where he's from, is ultimately the kind of guy that's a fighter. He's a fighter for the forgotten men and women of America and his running mate, the vice president, Mike Pence, who comes from America's heartland, who's a, you know, two chief executives versus two talkers, two, two senators, two lawyers. You've got two chief executives, a CEO and a governor uh, versus two people who are talkers, you know, doers versus talkers. And really, this is this is what this is all going to boil down to. It's socialism versus freedom. It's it's uh, talkers uh, with Biden and Harris versus doers uh, with Trump and Pence. Couldn't be a, a bigger, starker contrast, not just in the presidential election, but really for what's going forward. When we come back, I want to talk some more about that and, and highlight where we need to go from here. You're listening to uh, You Can't Recall Courage. I'm Scott Walker. Thanks for joining us. Hey, Scott Walker, back here on uh, our uh, podcast, You Can't Recall Courage. Thanks so much for joining us. As I said before, you know, Joe Biden did the unconventional. He, he at least appeared to appeal to the middle uh, in the primary, locks things up, all is is everything but uh, the nominee, which will, will be this, uh, this coming week in the uh, Wisconsin list convention. <laughs> Pretty remarkable. The guy couldn't even appear to, I mean, this, this lame excuse that he's, he can't come to Wisconsin because he's, he's worried about safety. But nobody's telling you to come and have, speak to the masses, but at least you can come to Wisconsin. My goodness, they, they put all this time and effort in a convention, at least give your speech from here. But couldn't do that, probably making the same critical mistake Hillary Clinton did after she lost the primary in 2016 to Bernie Sanders, never came back to Wisconsin. And of course, lost the state by a fraction, really. Uh, Trump carried it by less than 50% of the vote and uh, just shows you how a critical a state like Wisconsin is. Uh, but you know, Joe Biden then, after he's all but locked everything up, uh, basically outsources his agenda to people like Bernie Sanders and AOC. And now you look at Senator Harris's addition. This is just one more, uh, one more clear argument to be made that Joe Biden will one will do anything to get elected. Uh, I think he's just a, you know Hillary Clinton 2.0 in that regard, but, but also that this could be if if God help us if Biden and Harris are elected, could be the most liberal, the most radical left wing administration we've seen in American history. And that's saying a lot, looking at some of the past. Again, you look at Senator Harris's record. I mean, she was a co-sponsor, early co-sponsor of Bernie Sanders' so-called Medicare for All, which is really just government-run health care. 
uh, it's taking away your private health insurance. So if you like the coverage you get through your employer, uh, it's gone. Um, and, and you look at if you like the government, particularly the federal government running your health care, my goodness, look at the debacle we've seen in states like New York and New Jersey, particularly in New York State, where under uh, Andrew Cuomo's governor, you know, the order they had was to put people who are positive for coronavirus, positive for COVID-19 into nursing homes. No wonder we had these tragic situations where uh, high volumes of people in nursing homes became infected and died. That's not the people I want running my healthcare system. And I, I certainly don't want the government to do that. There are challenges there we've talked about before, but they're because we have too much government, not too little out there. You look at that, she's also was an, uh, one of the early sponsors of, of uh, co-sponsors in the Senate of the Green New Deal, uh, which is neither green nor new. And it certainly isn't a deal. Uh, it would be devastating to places like Wisconsin, Ohio, Michigan, Pennsylvania, pretty much anywhere, but particularly in states that rely heavily on manufacturing and agriculture, devastating in terms of the numerous studies that have shown a massive loss in manufacturing and agriculture-based jobs. She's right out there on board with that. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, uh, boy, if, if Biden and Harris win, it's very likely that Pelosi's still the speaker and that they probably, in, in that way, pick up enough uh seats in the United States Senate to have uh, total control of the government. And if you want to know what total control of government by the left, by the far, far radical left is like, just look at Chicago last week, New York City, anytime recently, and places like Seattle and Portland. It's an absolute mess, not not just when it comes to safety, but just overall, uh, much like I mentioned with the state of California. But you look at other things. Harris's record shows that she's for um, sanctuary cities, wide open borders, <clears throat> even even made the excuse about you know, think about Kate's law and the changes there, uh, defended the case that her killer was involved with, uh, defended it being, uh, defended it politically. Uh, you look at her, her and Biden now are the most radically pro-abortion uh, ticket I think we've ever seen. I, I remember back in the day when I didn't agree with it, Bill Clinton said the abortion should be you know, uh, safe, rare, and legal. Well, they've given up on that premise. Uh, you're talking about abortion on demand for any reason all the way through birth. Uh, in fact, one of the bills she had, as I understand, was one that, that it actually would would preempt uh, state laws to basically require them to get approval from the federal government if there were any, even reasonable, any level of reasonable restrictions uh, on uh, on abortion, this is how radically, radically pro-abortion and just radically uh, left-wing this ticket is. Uh, she even went so far as at one point in the past to have said that she was open to at least having a conversation about convicted felons being able to vote while they're actually in prison. You know, there's been plenty of debate about what you do when so-called off-paper meeting once you spent your time in confinement and you're done with your parole or probation or whatever it might be. That's been the debate held across the nation. But having the idea that convicted felons would be able to vote right in prison, I mean, just radical. Uh, don't wonder Newsweek has her pegged uh, further to the left than, than even Bernie Sanders. So 
there is a lot at stake out here, and it's more than just whether or not Trump and Pence win. It's really about the future of this country. And I remember years ago, one of my favorite quotes from Ronald Reagan says that that, that freedom is never more than, than one generation away from extinction. It's, it's something you don't get passed on to you in the, in the bloodstream. It's something you actually have to, to fight for, stand up and defend, and then pass on to the next generation to do the same thing. When I think about my kids, Matt and Alex, and I think about my nieces, Isabella and Evan, I, I just think about someday having grandkids as well. It is clear to me for our children and our children's children and those yet to be born, we have got to defend freedom. We've got to defend freedom in this country. You know, the left, Bernie Sanders and now others talk about all sorts of free things, free education, you know, free tuition, uh, free child care, free health care. All those things come with a cost. I'm all for free stuff, but for me, uh, free stuff means free uh, expression of religion, free association, free speech, free enterprise, freedom. That's the contrast of socialism. It's not just economic policy, it's freedom. You've seen in places like Venezuela, when you take that freedom away, it's not just about economics failing. It's not just about a failing economy, which, by the way, in Venezuela, last year, nine out of every 10 Venezuelans were living in, in absolute poverty in a country that less than two decades ago was one of the wealthiest countries in this entire hemisphere, a country that's blessed with abundant natural resources. Now nine out of 10 live in poverty. So so bad, you can literally see it. The average Venezuelan's lost something like 20 pounds due to malnutrition and deprivation. We don't ever want to head down that path, not, not now or anytime in the future. But that's really what's at stake. When socialism promises power to the people, power to the masses, but all too often that power is restricted to the elites who often become corrupt and, and abuse that power, and most people are left stuck with poverty. Free enterprise, entrepreneurship, those are the things that have lifted people here and all across the globe uh, in, in many ways uh, into uh, middle class and higher incomes. And those are the things that will do that going forward. But we've got to have leaders who understand the difference between freedom and socialism. Until next week, keep fighting for freedom. I'm Scott Walker. Thanks for joining us.